Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, along with CPA Allison Rife Martin, Philip talks about tax law changes coming next year, strategies for preparing for those changes, and why it's important to have a good team and plan to deal with the ongoing tax volatility. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right, we are back with another tax episode. And I want to say, and of course, this is with Allison, y'all. Who, who else would it be? But I would, and for those new listeners, I'm talking about Allison Rife Martin, Rife Martin, CPA in Dallas, Texas, one of the smartest CPAs in the world. Um, oh, you flatter me too much, but thank you. <laughs> but, but, but for real, Allison, it's, it's like it, the tax episodes next to my episodes on like, um, Bitcoin, you know, different investment strategies that are non-traditional. Like those are my top episodes. And so people are liking this tax stuff. They, they are Excellent. enjoying it. Uh, Excellent. So, 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 so today we are talking about, cause a lot of tax rules are changing next year when it comes to ordinary income tax, capital gains. And there's probably more changes depending with this new 3.5 trillion that we don't even know about. And maybe it'll happen next year, maybe not, but it just feels like there's a lot of like you have stock market or market volatility. Like there's a lot of tax volatility in the marketplace right now. And so figuring navigating that is uh is tough. So thank God you're here to talk to folks about it. So let's 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 dig into it, right? Let's um, dig right in. <laughs> <laughs> let's hop right to it. I was actually gonna say, what's scarier than Halloween? The unknown of tax planning, especially in the unknowns of uh, all the tax rates and like you're saying stock market volatility. So I was thinking last week we talked about some tax planning tips for getting us to the end of 2021. Now that we've really started to address those ideas, what can we do for 2022? Again, because there is the fear of the unknown of is the capital gains rate going to increase dramatically? Is the estate a tax exemption going to lower dramatically? And is even ordinary income going to income tax rates going to increase. Now, I caveat all these upcoming ideas by saying not every idea or not every tax strategy or not every decision should be made under the guise of tax planning because that is just but one area of your overall goals in terms of whether you want to you know, have money to now or later. So keep that in mind when you're talking with your financial advisor and um, what I would say is include your CPA, tax repair, accountant in every conversation, just to make sure that you're considering every every avenue as you make any kind of decisions. So here are some things that you should be asking your financial advisor and uh, tax preparer as you start to think ahead to 2022. The biggest one I'm getting a lot of questions about from my uh clients as I'm finalizing their October 15th extension returns is, what do I need to do about the the proposed increase in capital gains tax rate? So the first question would be, should I accelerate my capital gains now, um, especially if I'm a higher income tax earner? And really the question is, it depends. 
do you, you know, how does this factor into your overall investment strategy? If you accelerate them now, you can conceivably have a lower income tax rate than the proposed tax rate that's going to be for 2022. So again, have that conversation with your financial advisor to see, does it really make sense to sell, you know, the world's greatest stock that you have right now? Or is this the right time to sell your property, um, you know, whatever kind of investments you have. And if you do it now and tax rates don't change, what does that mean for you in terms of how you should reinvest the money? So there's where the strong financial advisor would help you figure out, you know, what's what makes the best sense in, in light of your overall kind of goals. The other one is in the same kind of vein. Again, we know that there's the potential that ordinary income tax rates may go up, for, especially for um, high income earners. Should I accelerate ordinary income? And if, you know, we're thinking what is ordinary income, it's going to be our wages. Well, and if we're an employee, we can't accelerate our wages. It's interest and rent on a property if we have rental property. So again, should we um, figure out how to accelerate those kind of things? Again, strong financial advisor would help you figure out how to, accel- how to accelerate it. Does it make sense? Do you want to, you know, if you have like an, an annuity product that provides some kind of, you know, taxable ordinary income, is there a way to accelerate it or maybe not? So those are the kind of things I've been thinking about um, as we move into tax planning strategies for 2022. Again, the most important part is have a strong team and, you know, make sure that you're doing a regular conversation with your financial advisor to see if it makes sense to do. So um, with that, before I move on to my last idea, did you have any kind of Thing you want to chime in with philip i think those are all those are all good ones you know i think that the, the thing that i'm hearing to clarify is I, I hate the word it depends right but you you, you have to you have to look at a lot of different factors because there's like a give and take right and all of this stuff when, when you're planning so i'll let you finish the last ones and then i'll ask kind of a specific example question sure the only other thing too was in the light of like capital gains, um, you know, is this really the time to do capital loss harvesting? So like, do you really, if you're going to sell, you know, a great stock, again, knowing that you're doing that in the guise of potential increase in tax rates, would you want to do capital loss harvesting? Again, tax benefits galore. Um, but just as a reminder, if you're, you want to time it so that you can maximize capital gains against capital loss, because if you have more losses than gains, and they're greater than $3,000, you can only recognize up to $3,000 of capital loss each year. The balance carries forward indefinitely. So the last thing I was uh, have been asked a lot about is, should I delay my deductions if I'm able to do itemized deductions? And most people's biggest area of opportunity is in charitable giving. So if, again, we know that there's the potential of tax rates increasing, should I delay my significant giving to like a donor advised fund or a private foundation or just an overall public charity? Should I hold on to the money now and wait till next year? So, you know, again, to offset the um, potential increase in capital gains or ordinary income tax rates. So again, this all should be done in the vein of what's my overall estate planning goals, my wanting to leave a legacy to my family, what's just my making sure I have enough money to you know, cover my personal living expenses. But this might be a good one now because um, with the delaying of like deduction deductions in the vein of charitable giving, it gives you more time to really be thoughtful about who you want to give your money to. So 
So that's, you know, again, you have a tax benefit and helps you uh, with your overall uh, estate planning strategy. So those were my topics to think about. Okay. Here's a specific example that I want to ask. And it's on a donor advised fund strategy that I think a lot of folks will uh, will find uh, you know, helpful and useful in, in planning, right? Let's say I'm like, cool, I had a great year. I want to put in donor advised fund. I, I understand uh, I'm not going to be able to get the money back out uh, once I put it in and I get the deduction, but are, are there rules around donor advised funds? So let's, let's say, like I said, I, I have my business, but I'm also active in the community. If, if, I, if I give them, put the money into the donor advised you know, fund, Am I able to, and I know some funds limit where you can uh, invest your money, but let's assume I have a fund that's open or as long as it meets the requirements of a, you know, charity, um, I can give to it, you know, so am I able to continue to support, you know, the, 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 the charities and organizations that I normally support out in the community, you know, through my donor advised fund. So like, for example, uh, chambers, uh, associations, I'm able to give to all that through my donor advised fund. Yeah, so it really, I hate to say again, the, it depends. It, and this is where it's really important to investigate the, the sponsoring organization that you want to give your, set your donor advised fund up with. Do they allow, if you mention that you want to contribute to the, you know, I love everybody foundation kind of a thing. Is that something that they are they they will let you give to? Some might be limited to geographical regions too, so they might say, "Well, that particular organization is outside of the state of Texas. We can't contribute to that one." So you just need to be very clear in investigating who you're choosing to put put as what they call the sponsoring organization to donate to. Um, the other thing too to think about is if you pass away and you don't designate a beneficiary. There's some, you know, the sponsoring organization has the ability to basically do whatever they want with the money. So you need to be sure you're very clear about who you pick as, you know, what what do you want as part of your, you know, in your will to say, if I have this donor advised fund, I want one of my children to take over as the sponsor or the donor advisor so that they can continue with your philanthropic goals later in life, you know, after you pass on. Got it. My last question, then we can go. I feel like the theme, and I, and I read this in a book, and I want to make sure I have it right too. Uh, I read it in a book when I was like 19, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But it, it, it feels like you have the most flexibility if, if you own a business, right? And specifically, if you own a business, right? Different structures have different, different benefits, but, but, but if you're able to, to have a business that's a, a corporation, Right. You have you have the most flexibility in protecting your income. Right. So, you know, that's kind of what it feels like to me. And when you say the most flexibility, can you just elaborate a little bit more? Yeah. So I'm speaking in the context of the questions that I get from my clients about reducing their taxes. Right. A lot of them are like physicians or high income earners. And they'll say, well, what do I do to. To lower my taxes, I'm like, well, unfortunately, the entire economic system is on your back. Right. I was like, the reason why the Warren Buffett's and the Jeff Bezos's pay, and that's not Jeff Bezos, but like a Warren Buffett pays so little in taxes is because I mean his salary for years is like a hundred grand a year. And, and by the way, like he actually lived on a hundred grand. He didn't he didn't need much and he grew his wealth by retaining that wealth and reinvesting it back into back into the business and, and lowered his taxes. So I was like, a lot of this stuff that people read about, 
you know, extremely quote, quote unquote complex, you know, ways to lower taxes. It's not really complex. It's just business one-on-one. It's like, if you just reinvest your profits to make your business and the lives of your customers better, which is what the tax code wants you to do, you can keep it low outside of that. Like, you just got to pay the tax. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there is that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I wanted to say that because I, you know, I, I know you come across people who have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like these are great strategies and they definitely help. Right. But I think sometimes people want you to be like Jesus and turn water into wine. And you're like, nah, man, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there is the only way to not pay any income taxes to not make any money. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and I seriously, I told him, I said, I said, listen, I look forward to the day where I write a six figure check to the IRS. Not that I, not that I love doing that. I'm just saying that means I made a crap ton of money. Yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> I, I was going to say the good news is you made money. The bad news is the IRS wants their cut of it. So <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I think like like you're saying, this is it. Just the tax planning strategy is just but one an idea of you know how to become like the rich man, you know, poor dad kind of a thing. Like how do you how do you as as you move into the high income earner, most of your income is going to be coming from passive income, such as rental real estate or dividends or capital gains from stock transactions or selling of your business. And like you said, you know, the best way to really make money is to own your own business. And that's a great way to leave a legacy to your family. So, you know, it's really just working with your financial advisor and your CPA to think, how can I achieve my overall goal, knowing that I'm going to have to pay the tax man something, but not pay any more than I have to and still be able to retire comfortably and leave a legacy to my family. You know, kind of how I envision it. I envision it kind of like this sounds bad, but it's like a war, right? Because war is painful. Mm-hmm. But you like start you start off on one side and then as you fight the war, i.e. make more money. If you if you build the right team, we can like convert that pain into a victory meaning like you just slowly through planning convert your you know your savings and and your income and into a more protective like you said you know convert it over to convert your you know w2 income into passive income right you know if you can if if you you know make sure your business structure right if you don't have a business you may maybe consider like opening up a business right um because if you can get to the other side of the quote unquote war, right, um, which is painful, you can enjoy the tax benefits of all that. Exactly. And you know, just to reiterate, surround yourself with a great team of who understands your financial goals and understands, how, you know, the, the capital marketplace um, and then a CPA who can really help you understand, again, not just the tax implications, but like, what does it mean to, to growth of your business or your individual income? I mean, it's great to always have a, be sure to involve those two people in your conversations as you're thinking 21, 22, and, you know, 100 when you're 102 years old, and ready to pass on, you know, how are you going to leave a legacy to your family so that they don't have to bear the, the tax burden or the, you know, loss of income? Awesome. No, I, I I appreciate that. I got to think of a better analogy. Maybe, but we'll figure something out. Maybe we'll maybe figure something like, out. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we're like your your armor, right? You're slowly putting on armor to protect yourself, or or exactly. we're like your, your defense against the tax raiders. Ex- exactly. <laughs> like, how do you? Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's like you say, it's a trade off. Though, what's what's more important? You know, and again, not every 
decision should be made under tax planning or financial planning. It should be in conjunction, which one at that time is the best alternative to go for. And maybe it is, like you say, writing that six-figure check to the IRS. The great news is you made a boatload of money and you are going to be able, you are going to be able to position yourself well when you're ready to retire. And can I say one more thing on that? I think it's important sure. to do because as you said it, my initial reaction was because you can always hide the taxes, right? You cannot like I can always not pay it by giving, right? But 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 it's about turning that hundred thousand dollar check into a win. Meaning, if I made that much money, that means that banks will let me borrow more, which means mm-hmm. that I can go, you know, turn that income that I paid taxes on into passive income through real estate, which, you know, which is taxed at a lower rate, you know, in, in the future. So it's like, sure, I'm going to intentionally pay that tax. Right. But now it allows me to, you know, buy real estate that's going to generate, you know, passive income that keep, that saves me well over that hundred thousand dollars in taxes, you know, over it's, the long term. So it's small oh, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, or, or you can use, that, like you say, the bank will let you borrow money to even grow your business in a bigger direction if you want to, you know, and then, or, and you can bring on more employees or, you know, and, and there you're playing your part to help grow the economy. Exactly. Exactly. This is all cool stuff. Good stuff. I'm excited. Yeah. This was a fun one. I really appreciate this one. And uh, definitely, definitely let everybody know how they can reach you if they have any questions. So you can contact me through my uh, website, rifemartincpa.com, or you can email me at info at rifemartinaccounting.com. And I would love to talk with anyone who needs some tax planning strategy and overall help. But thank you again, Philip. This was a lot of fun. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.